Welcome to The Rental Realist, episode number 20. My name's Tyson Hill, and in this episode, we're going to talk about how to market your property, and I'm going to share a story of a family member who did it all wrong and cost themselves nearly $5,000. Okay, now how to market your rental property. So you got a vacancy, you got it all fixed up, you're ready to put it on the market. What do you do? Now, this isn't that hard, to be honest with you, and but there are some musts and some pitfalls and some things that you just need to know to make sure you're putting yourself in the best position to rent your property quickly and get the most exposure possible. So um, the first thing is you need exposure. Uh, in this day and age, there's so many good websites uh, to get your property out there. Um, you know, the, the days of putting the sign in the yard or putting an ad in the newspaper are long gone. We, you know, the market moves so much faster now. So what we do as a property management company is through our uh, property management software, I can syndicate my listing to a ton of different websites, all the websites that list rental properties for rent. Now, if you're a self-manager, um, you know, obviously you're not going to have the ability to do that, but the one website, and I've talked about this uh, a ton, is you need to get your property on Zillow.com. Zillow generates the most leads by any, you know, compared to any other website. So that is a must. You've got to get your property on Zillow.com. That's where most seekers are, are looking for properties for rent. Now there's other ones like Hotpads, Trulia, um, rent.com. There's, there's a bunch of them and you can just Google those. And if you want to take the time to put them on all those other websites, do it. But Zillow is an absolute must. From there, you need to upload photos. I can't express enough how important good quality photos are. Now, the company that we partner with, with Self Showings, part of the deal is they take professional grade quality photos. And this makes such a huge difference. So, you know, I own a home. I, I don't rent personally. But, you know, when I decide to go on vacation with my family and we're looking at different places to rent, like through, you know, like a beach house or something like that, I will tell you, the listings that have really good photos with good lighting, you know, you can tell somebody knew what they were doing versus, you know, the photos that look like somebody took on their 2006 Motorola flip phone. You know, I'm, I'm definitely drawn to the quality photos. And so if you're just taking crappy photos with bad lighting, you know, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice when other, you know, other properties for rent in the area are doing it right because it's just going to look better. And so they're, they're going to draw more attention and more activity. Now, MLS. Being in the Phoenix market, I don't use MLS. Why? Because it's not necessary in my market. You know, and I'll give you a quick example of this. Uh, we I recently had a property, we put it up for rent, generated like, I don't know, 50 to 60 leads within 24 hours. And then I get a phone call from a real estate agent that says, hey, I'm so-and-so with uh, so-and-so realty. I have a client that's interested in your house. Now, as a property manager, when I have 50 leads that I don't have to pay a commission to, and then I have one lead that wants a commission, I, you know, obviously I'm going to go through those other 50 before I, uh, you know, 
talk to a realtor who's going to expect a commission. And so in the Phoenix market, anybody who's looking for a property who hires a real estate agent is really doing themselves a huge, huge disservice because our market just doesn't support that. Now, if you have a property in another market, you just need to learn your market. There are some areas where MLS is an absolute must. If you're not on MLS, you're you're basically not being seen. And so just know your market. Know where the properties are being listed so that you can com compete accordingly. Now the description. You know, in the description, I, I'm somewhere in the middle. I have some people who just want to go on and on about all the pluses of this property and every little detail, you know, like if I'm looking for something, just give me the basics. I, I don't want to read 16 paragraphs on your house. Like I, I can see by the pictures, if your pictures are quality, I'm going to be able to see, you know, wh what we're talking about, you know, and list, list the amenities, list the, you know, the nearby things that are important, the school districts and stuff like that, which Zillow actually does for you. But, you know, do a quality, you know, explanation of the listing and and let them know kind of the pluses like if it, you know like in the phoenix market if an ac unit was recently replaced that's a big deal like so we'll put that up there but you know don't go too crazy with it and also don't not do anything like you need to sell it a little bit but there's a there's a happy medium of of doing just enough but not going overboard to where people lose interest and they're like yeah i'm not going to read that and another really really big one. So if you're a licensed real estate agent, you know this, there are federal fair housing laws that we have to follow and abide by. And even self-managers have to abide by those same laws as well. Um, but many of them don't understand what those laws are. So if you've never dug into federal fair housing laws with rental property, I would highly recommend doing that. I'm not going to go through all that, but there are protected classes that you have to be real careful. So when you're marketing a property, there's certain verbiage and, and words that you should not use as you're trying to, you know, like trying to target a certain person or, or uh, group to rent your home or property. So you got to be really, really careful with that. And I will tell you, if you screw that up, the fine is ridiculously expensive. And so that is really important to make sure that you're, you know, using good words you know, not uh, singling out any any class or any protected class um, when you're trying to rent a property or find renters. You need to be open to anybody and everybody, to put it simply. Okay, now the family member who cost themselves nearly $5,000 by not marketing their property correctly. So several years ago, I get an email from this family member that says, Hey, Tyson, we need some help. We're trying to rent our rental home. It's sitting vacant, and it's not happening. And we literally have received one email lead over the past several months. And here's a link to our ad. So let's critique this real quick. So I click the ad. The ad takes us to Craigslist. Now, that's mistake number one, Craigslist. I've harped on this before. Craigslist is not a viable platform for renting your property. It just isn't. There's so many better options. Uh, and Craigslist just isn't set up to do it because you post it and then it just starts getting buried versus like a Zillow where somebody can click a map and see every property for rent on an interactive map, click on the house, click on different houses. I'm, I'm not going to get into it, but Craigslist, mistake number one, huge mistake. As a matter of fact, I think in my episode of top five reasons you might need a property manager, I think that might be reason number one, to be honest. Craigslist, 
Huge mistake. So I look at the ad, and right off the bat, I detect mistake number two. Like, they declare right off the bat, no pets. Okay, here's why this is not a good idea. You want to be open to all possibilities. You know, first of all, there are so many people who have pets these days. If By declaring no pets and just being stringent on that, you're going to eliminate so many possibilities and good possibilities because you're just laying down the law. I'm not going to accept pets. The better option is to not say anything about pets. Just treat it case by case. For example, let's say there's somebody who's uh, moving to the Phoenix area or whatever market you're in. Uh, they're going to be there for two years. It's temporary. Uh, so they don't want to buy a house. They just want to rent. And they have an 800-plus credit score, but they have a dog. Are you really not going to rent to them? If you don't rent to them, that's a foolish mistake because that is a great risk you should rent to them. There's really no reason not to. I don't know many people who have really good credit and take care of their business who are bad pet owners. Now, if they had bad credit score and their pet owners, okay, now that's that's higher risk for sure. Also, what if somebody had a fish tank? They see the ad, they're like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, oh no, no pets. I got a fish tank. You know, most people would ask, like, hey, would you accept a fish tank? But there are people who would just assume, oh, no pets, can't do it, or a birdcage, or anything like that. So, you know, you have to, you know, let let the leads come in, and if you're not comfortable with the pet situation, then decline them. But don't declare it in your marketing. The next crucial mistake, which would be a mistake number three, is they were asking for first and last month's rent plus full security deposit equal to rent. Now, every market's going to be a little bit different. You have to know what your market does or what the norm is, and you have to position yourself to be competitive. So what they did here is they were literally pricing themselves out of the game. So, for example, if this is a $1,500 a month uh, rental house, you know, so somebody would have to come up with $4,500 to move in versus every other listing for the same price, they'd have to come up with the first month's rent, which would be $1,500, and the security deposit, which would be $1,500. So $3,000 up front versus $4,500 up front. So you can see most people are going to be like, you know, who's, who, who wants to pay an extra $1,500 up front? Nobody. And so that's why they weren't generating any leads. So that was another just huge mistake. You got to know your market. You got to know what the norm is. Um, it doesn't matter what you want. What matters is what the market is willing to pay you. What you want versus what the market is willing to pay are two completely different things. And if you don't pay attention to the market, it will strong arm you and you will lose every single time. And the next flaw I found was just the rent price. It wasn't like they were totally out of the out of the ballpark, but they obviously didn't do any adjusting for, for several months. And so, you know, when you when you put a property up for rent, you know, you know, in my last episode, we kind of talk about establishing a rent price. You want to generate leads. You want to be competitive. And sometimes you just won't know for sure until you put it up on the market. So when you put it up on the market, you need to pay attention to what's coming in. If you're generating activity, good activity, and you're getting showings, then you're probably all right. But if you're not, adjust it. They're, like, There's no point in sitting there vacant for long periods of time. Adjust the rent or whatever you need to do to start generating those leads. So... That was kind of another thing where, you know, it, you know, this thing was sitting, you know, three or four months and they never adjusted. You know, you need to make adjustments as you go so that you can, you know, occupy it quickly. So at the time, I think this was about a $1,200 a month property. 
And when they had contacted me, I think we were at about month three. So by the time they got it occupied, we're looking at four months of downtime. So you take 1200 times four months, 4800 bucks. Ouch. Now, you might be wondering, well, why didn't they just hire you in the first place? Family member owns a property management company? Hey, that's a good question. I, I will say this. 4800 bucks would cover a lot of management. I'll tell you that much. No, but the truth is, any family member or, or close friend, if they call me, as a matter of fact, I just had a cousin who bought a rental property, was going to hire me to manage it, and I'm like, hey, dude, you can do it. Um, you're here. You're available. Let me help you. And so he did. Now, if a family member or uh, you know, close friend just truly wants a 100% source of passive income, then hey, I'm your guy. Happy to do it. Quick recap. Get your property on the proper websites. Get the most exposure possible, whether that's putting up a sign, whether that's using MLS, using Zillow, whatever it is, know your market and react accordingly. Uh, set the right price. You know, I touched on that on the last episode. Follow federal fair housing laws. Can't stress that enough. That'll just keep you out of trouble. And then also, you know, be careful on listing all your stipulations. Sometimes when you just start listing everything, you just start really minimizing your window of opportunity. You might be able to bend on one if everything else is A+. So my opinion is treat everything case by case. Get as many leads as possible so you can just evaluate each potential applicant and, you know, you might be able to work with somebody on something that you thought you might not have been able to work with. So that's that. And thanks for taking a listen as usual. And we'll see you on the next one. Yeah, yeah. Come on.